Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I have a message, but I was thinking about it last night, and um, there's... I thought, you know, there's so many, as I was praying about it, there's so many different directions, you know, that I could camp on. And I'm just like, Lord, you know, you got to show me, you know, which, which direction I want to go. And I was, I was actually trying to get that answer last night. And I realized, which it really wasn't me, it was him telling me, um, it, it matters more <laughs> who's here tonight. And who walks in the door because that can change everything. You know, God wants to speak to you. And he has something for you. And, you know, it may be because you're believing God. I hope you're believing God. He'll speak to you. You know, every time you come in, every time you hear a message, you should be. You should be actively, you know, thanking God. You know what? You're speaking to me and you're giving me answers that I need. Um, or, Or it could be, you know... Someone, someone that doesn't know what I'm talking about at all right now, you know, someone, God's trying to get their attention. He'll have something to say to them, you know, so that could shoot it off in another direction or someone's praying for someone who's here, you know, and God will answer that because you've made great power available. You know, that's just one of the ways when you pray for someone that it'll happen. So praise God. We'll just get into it and we'll see where he wants to go with it. Um, so let's pray before we get into it. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. First and foremost, be, before anything else, we are in love with you. We're here because of you. You are awesome. We're here to hear from you. We're here to hear your word. We love your word. We love how it changes us. We love how it, it moves on us to think differently. Oh, we love you, Lord. We're so grateful. We're so grateful that you gave us your word and that you've given us examples in the Bible to follow after and that you open it up to us so we can understand it and use it every day. We're so, so, so grateful. So, Lord, I ask tonight that you give me utterance, give me boldness to say what you want to say. It's not all about what I want to say. It really isn't. It's about what you want to say, and that's what I want. And I thank you. I thank you for that. Thank you for speaking, speaking to everyone here who's believing. And I thank you for speaking to me too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So what I want to talk about is dreaming big. And do I? Oh, there it is. Big dreams. Okay, that's what it is. Big dreams. But I don't mean you fall asleep and have a dream. Not that. <laughs> We're, we've already taken that route before, and, and <laughs> I'm not going down that road. I'm talking, you got a dream in your heart. That's the dreams that I want to talk about. Um, so I got this in prophecy just a few weeks ago over in the youth, and it was so funny because Greg was like, I think you have something, and he gave me the mic, and he's like, here, pray. And I'm just wanting to be obedient, so I just started praying. And I, just, I know how to pray, but I was bumbling around like a total idiot. 
And I'm like, this is, something's not right. But like he knew I had something, I knew I had something, and it just wasn't coming out right. And then I realized I was supposed to prophesy. Things finally came out in the way it was supposed to come out. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm learning. I'm so grateful that you're patient, you know. And so what I told the youth was, I said, there's some of you in here that you need to think bigger. And I, the reason I'm talking about it in here is because I believe it applies over here too. I think there's some of you who you had, you had a big dream in your heart and maybe in your mind you're thinking, well, I tried that. And you've kind of just shoved it off in the corner, kind of gave up. Um, God is wanting to do some really, really big things, but he has to have our participation. He has to. He's proven it in his word time and time and time. Even, even Moses, you know, when the Red Sea got parted, you know, he had to do something. He had to go. He, God said, you do it. You put your staff down or whatever the big stick was. And he, he needs our participation. He has to. He's, he's proven it all throughout the Bible. And don't give up. On, on a dream that you have on your heart. And if, if you're like, well, I haven't really, I've never had like a real dream. I just kind of go with the flow with life and whatever. Well, just think bigger. Think way bigger. God wants to do things that are way bigger than what you're thinking and will just blow your mind. Seriously, that's who he is. He really, really wants to do far, far bigger in you and through you than you could ever, ever imagine. Amen? So my definition of a dream is believing God for things only he can do. And you're not going to find that Wikipedia. I made that up. (laughs) That's my definition. So you're believing God for something that only he can do. You know it's something you can't do yourself. You know you, you may be taking the steps towards it and listening for every step to go towards it, and that's your, your job. But actually making it happen is something only he could do. And when he does that in people, I mean, people can tell. They can tell when it's you and when man, how did that happen to that person? How did they get that? You know, they, they can tell God's done something really great through you. He wants to show off. He wants to show off in you. And it's not just for a select few. It's for everybody. God's going to put something in you. He's going to birth something in you. And it's our job to get it out. Amen. So, you know, you may have experienced a faith failure and, or like I said, you had a dream at one point and then you're just like, uh, you know, life just got busy with kids. Life got crazy and you've kind of just shoved it to the side. And so now you're gun shy and you're like, I've tried that. We'll never, it doesn't matter. Never stop. I don't care how many bumps in the road you've had. I don't care how bad your situation is right now. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. I don't care where you're married, whether you're single. If God's put something in you, it can come to pass. Amen. Amen. So never, never, never stop dreaming big. 
Because you're exercising your faith when you do it. Now, we need to dream big, but we need to do it responsibly. So I'm going to talk about this side of it. Because we have to be careful. You can be on one side of the fence or the other. Um, You can be too afraid to ask and then not pursuing something amazing God has for you. Or... You may see you may see something really big, you know, he might reveal it to you in steps, or it may just be really big. And you may be like, I have arrived because I know God has this ginormous thing, and I know everyone's just gonna see it, and I don't I can just coast and float by, and then you're not really living in reality, and maybe anyway, so you don't want to be on one side of the fence or the other. Because I, I literally, I know Pastor Greg and I were at Rama. We would run into these kind of people all the time. You know, just, oh, God's called me to do, you know, I'm going to save all of Africa. And like, okay, you know, I, I'm not not believing you. But then, like, you never see them come to church. You never see them <laughs> doing anything for the Lord. You know, and they're just living crazy lives. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be a while before you get there. (laughs) You may not realize it, but it's going to be a long while. Anyway, so actually I have four points tonight and these are the shortest notes that I have ever done. Yes. I am so proud of myself. (laughs) I mean, I used to come in here with like 10 pages and then get lost in them and And I'm like, I just have to trust God. You know, I have to trust that he's going to say what he needs to say. And I wish I'd done this five years ago because it takes way less preparation. (laughs) Way, way less preparation. But then, and and Greg said last night, he's like, you're still studying? And I'm like, well, I'm I'm reading some people. And if I get something that really jumps out, I don't want to not have it in my notes. And he just gave me that look because he knows. He's like, you're just adding and adding and adding to it, aren't you? Because I had told him one time, I said, if I keep reading, I mean, I can just keep going and keep going. I mean, I just keep seeing more and more stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this. And, you know, I, I can't do that to people. I've got to learn. <laughs> Cindy Duvall told me to pace myself. And when she told me that a few years ago, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I really, really, really don't, and now I see it. I'm like, i got to slow down, and I can't, you know, come out here guns blazing with everything that I want to share because, or that I'm excited to share. I've got to chill out and camp on what he wants to share. <laughs> Amen. That's the important thing. So I only have four points. Uh, so the first one is ask God You need to ask big, and you need to dream big. So ask big. Number two, never, never violate the law of love with your big dreams. Amen? Never. And honestly, never violating the law of love in anything you do. (laughs) I mean, that is a safety net right there. Total, complete safety net. You know, I knew, I knew a church years ago. It's not even near here. You don't know who it is. But 
And they were, they were new and they were so intent on being a big church right away that people got hurt. People were abused in the sense of burnout um, because it was so important to have everything to get people in the door. And it was, it was the, um, the number one focus and how many of you know, you're violating the law of love. God's, he's not going to be able to bless that if you're, you're hurting the people who are there to help and the people who are coming in the door just to try to make it big. You know, you can see how a good thing can go wrong. You know, someone's heart is to reach as many people as you can. But if you're reaching people is violating the law of love, then you got to take a step back and say, how, how can we do this so that it's right, so that it's balanced, so that it's safe? Because the church, that is what a church should be. It should be a haven, a safe place where you can bring your children, you know, all of those things. So we never violate the law of love. Even, even if this applies to your children too. Maybe you have some big dream for your kid, to do and you know maybe you have this dream and you're like I want them to be this and I'm just going to put them on this path and and they're just doing it because they're your kid they don't really have a choice and if you're not bringing them up in church then you're violating the law of love if you're putting that ahead of God it's a violation. It's not fair to them. They're kids. They don't know. You're the parent. You're supposed to do the right thing. You're supposed to keep them having God first. God can only make and birth that dream in you if he's a part of it. So, number three. That leads me to number three. We're probably going to get out early because I really don't have a ton. So, we'll see. Um, Having a big dream that excludes God is not God. And I know that's super obvious to some of you, but I hear it. I've heard it so many, so many times. Um, If you're not sure, so how do you know the difference if it's in your dream and what God has for you? Well, number one, or A, it's not going to exclude God. It's not going to cause you to hurt your family. It should probably be. It will not cause you to hurt your family. Um, it won't cause you to ignore God. It, will, if, it won't cause you. Now, people have seasons. We've seen it many times in our church. Um, people going through school, it's a season. We totally, totally get it. It's not, the season is not the same as a lifestyle. Like, I've got classes, you know, boom, boom, boom. I physically cannot be there. That's different. Because that is not a lifestyle. Now, it could become a lifestyle if you let it. But we know lots of people who, it was school, and when it was over, they're putting God first in their lives. And there's grace on that, absolutely. 
Because God knows you're doing this, you're doing what's asked of you, and you're going to be right back at it, you know. And you're, you're not ignoring God. You're going to be right back doing, you know, whatever God has for you and getting in the word and being in service. Amen. So it won't cause you to hurt your family. If, if your big dream causes you to ignore your family or it causes you to be away from your family 24-7, not even 24-7, but too much, you know when it's too much. It is not a dream from God. It's just not. God has something better for you. I promise you. If you haven't found it, you just haven't asked. He will have something for you. Maybe then it is just your dream and you just can't let go of it. You don't want that. Of the flesh, you will reap destruction. One way or the other. I always say this and it's, it's I believe this, that people reap through their children. Now, people think, well, I can get away with this. I'm tough. If it comes back on me, whatever. I'm strong. I can put up with whatever. Nothing hurts me. You wait till you see it. And I'm not saying the same thing happens to your kid. You, when you reap, do you realize what reaping is? It's way bigger than whatever it was you did. <laughs> it's, an, it's a harvest. And where is it going to hurt you probably the most? You've opened the door for you to reap it through your kids and watch your kids stumble in some areas that they never should. I know that sounds harsh, but I've seen it so many times. I'm just, I'm tired of seeing it. You've got to think beyond yourself. You've got to realize this is serious stuff. Never have something that exalts itself above God. Just, and if you, you're like, I just don't see any other way. I just don't. He's the God of finding a way. You just haven't given him a chance. Humble yourself, ask him, I promise you. It may not look as exciting as what your dream was. I can tell you that. I had all kinds of crazy, stupid stuff (laughs) that I thought I was going to do and be when I was a teenager. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I I mean, I look back now and I look at where I'm at. You know, I look back and see where I'm at now and I'm like, if he told me what I'd be doing now, you know, it, it wouldn't have looked very exciting to me. <laughs> but, like, the fulfillment and the joy that I have, I mean, I, I wake up every day just so grateful. So grateful. God is the only one who can fill my heart. You know, not all that other stuff, not those dreams that I had that, that completely excluded God, let me tell you. <laughs> Greg always tells you how he wanted to be a rock star drummer, you know. It, it, I had things like that completely along those lines. It's just embarrassing. So I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and I, hey, I, I did, even though I was backslidden, I, I did get, I had opportunities to do some really stupid stuff too. And um, I... I'm proud to say I turned a lot of it down, <laughs> even though I wasn't in church. 
<laughs> anyway, I don't know if I should go into any of that detail of what it was <laughs> or not. Now I probably should tell you because it sounds way worse than it was. Okay, I'll just tell you. So, okay, me and my sister, we, we did a little modeling when we were like 18, which feels like a thousand years ago and a thousand pounds ago. And, <laughs> and, and I got offered to, to be uh, the boxing ring girl. <laughs> I couldn't even think of what it was called. And, you know, it's like, what's my outfit? Uh, here it is. You know, that kind of thing. I said, no. <laughs> I got a lot of offers for promoting alcohol. Um, I forget, some pirate, some rum pirate guy. And they want you to dress up like all these pirate girls. Anyway, I'm like, no. <laughs> I am not. I wasn't even in church. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's just... It, it, I just knew enough, like, that's completely unholy, and I'm not doing it. (laughs) I don't know. I probably was just super self-righteous at the time, (laughs) because I was not in church, I'm just going to tell you. But I was like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, that's just, people just want to look at me for the wrong reasons, and that just grosses me out, and so I said no to all that kind of stuff. But I did want to do the other things, you know, but the other kind of modeling, and I did some of it, but, uh, yeah. I'm so glad I am where I'm at today. <laughs> Let me tell you. And, and it's funny because I'm so happy. I have a family. And, and I never dreamed that that would be so fulfilling. And I would be so happy having that and doing that. Um, I didn't realize it at all when I was, you know, college age single. But God showed me. And I don't remember exactly how he showed me. I'm pretty visual. So maybe I was out to eat and I saw a family, you know, eating. And it just kind of hit me, you know, this happy family. And it, I just realized at one point I am not on the path at all to having that. I was dating this guy that was not saved. And, I mean, he read all the Nietzsche books and all these crazy things. He, I mean, he was far from saved and not the least bit interested and more influencing me than me influencing him. And I realized God was, God was speaking to me through seeing that happy family. Like he knew what he had for me and he knew it was something that I would be very, very sad about not having because he had a plan for me and, you know, just spoke to me that, you know, you're, you're not marching towards that at all. And so thank God, God got a hold of me. I know my sister was praying for me. That was a big, big part. Made that power available. So my eyes were open and I could see and then had the, the power, <laughs> the nerve, the boldness to do something about it and, you know, turn direction. Amen. So I'm so glad God got a hold of me to get me back on path. So... We're talking about how do you know the difference in my dream and what God has for me? So it doesn't exclude God. It won't hurt your family. You know, Abraham's a good example. Um, He didn't leave his family. God told him to get us stuff and get out, right? Well, he took his family with him. Now it says he left, you know, he left some of the other family. But he didn't leave. He didn't leave Sarah. (laughs) 
You know, I know that sounds crazy. Like we know you don't have to tell us that, but people do that kind of stuff. You know, I know Bible school students that one's living on one coast and one's living on the other. And well, it's just while I'm in Bible school. No, this has gone on for years at this point. I just don't believe that that was God's plan. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's the truth. It just is. So Abraham didn't just leave Sarah behind, and God didn't expect her to, expect him to. You know, Mary continued to raise a family and raise the Messiah. You know, she, she didn't just say, well, y'all are on your own. <laughs> Somebody take these kids and foster them. <laughs> I got the kid, <laughs> the one, the most important, the most high. <laughs> I got to take care of him and Joseph, leave me alone. I am too busy. (laughs) You know, no, she did her family duties. She raised many children and raised him and did it right. And I guarantee you, she was very fulfilled. So if you, if your dream, if you're just following your dream and it's not God's dream for you, um, I don't know why I wrote that. His dream is going to give you an opportunity to lift him up. Your dream is probably going to just lift you up. And God has reward for you. God has good things for you. And he has good things for us here. Absolutely. We could all get up here, every one of us, and testify about the awesome things God's done for us. Um, But now we're going to be in a different age. We're in the church age. There's another age after this. And then probably another age, an eternity, whatever you want to call it. This Age is a time for lifting him up. Your dream, your dream, God dream, will lift him up. Will let him shine through you. Absolutely. It is not the time for lifting yourself up. Listen, that next age, we, you know, God talks about crown. We will receive a crown after this for things we've done, and we will be ruling and reigning with him. I mean, I don't know. That sounds pretty, pretty big time lifted up. Like, if, if you're wanting to be like, woo, well, it's coming. <laughs> you're going to have that. If you feel like, I never, I never, you know, I'm always serving. I'm always lifting up someone else, or I'm always lifting up Jesus, and and I just feel invisible, you know what, you won't be. (laughs) Let me tell you, first of all, you're not, you're just not invisible. Let me tell you that, you know, God, he, he wants to speak to you tonight. He has things for you and he has such big things for you now, but he has big, big things for you then. And some of those things are determined by what you do now. This age, the focus has to be on lifting Jesus up. Amen? So that's another way you can know, well, is this just me or is this something God's put in my heart? 
Number four. Oh my goodness, and I am talking about myself. We have some maturing to do sometimes before we can begin to walk out that dream. And I'm telling you, I'm just thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm thinking about how just the things that I needed to grow in, the things I needed to learn. So have a big dream, ask God, but be willing and able to serve um, and work until you see it. Let me say it again. Be willing, be able to serve and work until you see it. Here's some examples. David, I guarantee you, he had some big dreams in his heart. He, I know he knew. I know he was sitting out there under the stars with the sheep, probably imagining some great things. You know, he knew God. He didn't neglect the sheep when he was the sheep herder. He was doing what he was called to do at that age, at that time in his life. He did not neglect it. He did not say, I'm too good for this. I don't know how many times pastor has had people come in here and say, I'm a this, I'm a that. But number one, I can't attend church faithfully. Which, hello, if you want to be in charge of something at church, what kind of seed are you sowing? (laughs) No one's going to show up if you're not showing up to church. You're sowing some bad seed. But then, that's number one. Number two, they can't serve anywhere. You're a what and you can't? Well, we don't know you. (laughs) You know, let's get to know you. You know, God says a man's gift will make room for, for him. You know what? Just do whatever they need. If you're in charge, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want someone to humbly come in and not say, well, I feel like I'm this and I should be in charge of the children's department. You know, how about saying, pastor, whatever you need. And and he might ask you, well, what do you feel like you're good at? You know, when we get the new youth and they're wanting to serve, and a lot of times they want to be in a children's department, I'd say maybe 70% of the time, I, I love to put them where they want to go. I don't want them to be scared to death when they're just learning to serve. You know, if they go in and they have to, there's a poopy diaper or whatever. And, you know, I do give them preference and I ask, and I'm sure pastor does that too. Um, but it doesn't always happen that way because we might have a need in one department more than the other. I mean, if you're so-and-so, you know, and you're serving the Lord, what exactly, how does that work? Because the Lord, it might be like, hey, I need you right here right now. But no, I'm a this. I need to be over here. How does that work? You're not going to be very effective. How's he going to use you? He's going to be like, oh, this guy might not be as talented, but they're totally willing and available and excited about it. And I am going to snatch them up and we do the same. You know, it's, we are, we endeavor to do the same things the way God does it. You know, I will take someone with terrible talent 
<laughs> over someone that has, you know, a crappy attitude or thinks they're too big to do something, you know, any day I'll take that humble person who is just willing to do whatever. And like I said, your gift will make room for you. It will become evident where you fit best. And you know what? Your opportunity will come. It will come. I promise you, you're not invisible. And you might think, well, my pastor doesn't even know what I do. God knows what you're doing. He knows. Who are you? Who is your trust in? Is it in your pastor or it is in God? Yes, you trust God and you trust him to speak to your pastors. Yes, but ultimately you should thank God. You know exactly where I need to be and you will take care of this and you will do it. Amen. So Moses was another one. So I told you guys like half an hour ago to turn to Exodus 3.1. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, Deborah. My mom always FaceTimes me when I'm ministering, which is not even that much, but she always does. So if she does, go ahead and answer the phone and just show her what I'm doing, and I'll be like, hey. (laughs) And then hang up. (laughs) She does it every time. That's why I laid my phone right there, because it's probably coming. Every time. I'm not kidding you. Okay, so I almost said Moses 3.1. I actually did that last night when I was like, I got to go find where Moses is in the Bible. And I typed in Moses and I'm like, why isn't this coming up? (laughs) Doesn't he have his own book in the Bible? And I know he's got five, but like Exodus. Okay. Exodus three. All right. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, the priest of Midian. It's no accident. That's where he ended up when he left. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So his big journey began, boom, right there. So he's out in the desert and who does he find? He finds the priest of Midian. He finds someone who has a wife for him, number one. And he finds someone that he can learn in the meantime. Right? He's serving his father-in-law. It says he was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He was serving. Do you think... Listen, you know, and you know the story of Moses. He was the child. He grew up with all the privileges in Egypt, all the privileges. And at, at, at a certain time, it's like his eyes were open and things were supposed to begin happening for him. And what did he do? He made a mistake. He saw something going down. Uh, Hebrew was being beaten or whatever. And he went after the Egyptian and killed him. And then he found out, oh my gosh, everybody knows about this. I got to run. So he runs. So, I mean, he, he recognized there's something about these people that I don't agree with. What am I doing here? 
you know, there's some, he just knew he, I don't, I don't think he knew God yet, but God was already speaking to him. God knew him before he was born. (laughs) Trust me. And that's, it's in the Bible. And he was picking up that there was something really big that he was supposed to do. And he screwed up. So point is, you may, you may know what God, God has some big things for you. If you've screwed up, just remember Moses. Remember Moses. He, he, he killed a man. I mean, that's messing up pretty big. And did he move on and accomplish the things that he was supposed to accomplish? He did big, big, big things with God. Amen? So he was learning. He was serving. And boom, his big moment came. It did not pass him by. It didn't disappear because he left all the privilege. He's out in the desert. I mean, I'm sure he probably had some thoughts like, you know, oh my goodness. (laughs) Like, I'm out here in nowheresville. You know, he's learned about God at this point. He's living with people that know God. He's learning how, you know, he's learning everything. And I'm sure it began to to come up on the inside of him, like, God's got something big for me. And he probably had to really, you know, that was probably a struggle and probably had to fight with that. But I guarantee you, he continued serving God, you know, loving God, and things were different in the Old Testament than, than how we do today, yes. But he was, in, he was doing what he was supposed to do in the middle of Nowheresville, and what happened? It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. God knows how to get to you. It doesn't matter where you are if you're doing what you're supposed to do for the Lord. Amen. So Joseph, turn to Genesis 37. He's another one. That had God had put some big things in him to do now let me see how much I want to believe how much I want to read so Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan this is the history of Jacob or I don't know why they bring it and then they start talking about Joseph anyway Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. So turn to Genesis 39. So Joseph believed God enough to know that he could receive what God had told him about. And Joseph, if you, if you know the story, and we're still talking about growth here. These are, these are things that you need to grow in. Moses had to grow. He was learning. David was doing what he's supposed to do, growing, maturing. God didn't just say, boom, here you go. Here's this ginormous thing I have for you. You know, it might take some time. It might take some maturing. It probably will. We've got good example for it. But um, 
Joseph 39, 2. So the Lord was with Joseph. So, okay, so you know the story. He, his brothers get angry with him for good reason. He was kind of a brat. It says that Joseph brought a bad report of them, of the brothers, to his father. He basically was a tattletale. He went home and he's like, they act one way in front of you and out there, you know. So he was telling on them. And they found out and they, got, they were really angry with him. And then God showed him a dream. And he, rather than pondering in his heart, <laughs> like Mary did, <laughs> very, very wise, he ran and just told them all about it. And they're like... Seriously, because like it sounds like we're going to be worshiping you one day and you're going to be above us. And it just stoked the fire. They were even more and more angry. So they threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery after they decided not to kill him. So we're at Genesis 39. The Lord is with Joseph and he was a successful man. So this is after he, he this is when he's a slave. He is a slave. And he's in an Egyptian house. It says, he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So Joseph continued to be, he, he, I believe this was a time where he was maturing and learning some things. If he was still that running his mouth boy in that guy's house, would he have gained the kind of trust he got? It says he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. That's, that's like his family, all his stuff. I guarantee you, he didn't want everybody knowing all his stuff. He trusted Joseph. Something had changed. He had matured. He was not running his mouth and telling everything that was happening and everything that he saw. And let me tell you, I guarantee you he saw things he didn't like because he was serving God and these people weren't. He knew to do the right thing at this point. He became a successful man. It was recognizable. It could be seen. What God was doing in him could be seen. I'm sure they didn't, rec- the Egyptians didn't recognize it as God. They just saw it as something they wanted to use and it blessed them. But they still recognized it. They saw in him. So he made an adjustment at some point. Even though he knew God has something huge for me, he still humbled himself and he served he did whatever. I mean, if he's serving these guys, he was, I mean, he's, he's at their mercy. But if he, and, and you're like, okay, well, he was at their mercy. He was their slave. He had to just do whatever they wanted anyway. Well, there's two different ways of doing things. You can do it with an attitude. You can do it with a complaining heart. You know what? It's going to show. It's really going to show. If you do it with the right attitude They trusted him, made him overseer. You just don't get that without complete trust, complete trust. So he made the adjustment at some point. 
He was doing, and he was getting himself in a position. Even though he knew, he, he trusted God. Whatever God had that was so big from that dream, he knew, you know what, it's going to happen. This looks bad, but I trust God, so I don't have to have a bad attitude. And he was probably the, the best taken care of, you know, slave that they had, you know. So he served, he worked, he matured in some things. And he remained faithful to God, and God never took away the big things he had for him. It looked rough. It looked rough. God doesn't change his mind. He really doesn't. It might not have worked out the same if he had acted like he was too big to do this stuff. You know, he could have easily been like, well, I'm a Christian, and so I object to that. I'm not doing it. You know, When it came down to the guy's wife coming after him, yeah, he did, and it did get him in hot water. But he didn't say, okay, you know, he said, I'm going to do what you need me to do. He didn't act haughty about it. So turn to Isaiah 54, 2, Steve's favorite scripture. (laughs) He says he has a lot of them. We just tease him because he, he probably has read this one more than most. So. so anyway, so I've given you several people. And, you know, go back and read their stories. There's so much to be gleamed, so much that you can relate to in this life. Things haven't changed that much. I know it was thousands of years ago. But people go through the same stuff now they did then. With the same devil then that we have now, and he really doesn't have any new tricks. So there's a lot that you can glean from this. So Isaiah 54 2 Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And the next part that we don't read too often, it says, do not fear for you will not be ashamed. Neither will you be disgraced for you will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Do not fear. You will not be ashamed. So that's pretty much all I have tonight. But what I want to emphasize is God's telling you, he's imploring you here, even in Isaiah, enlarge the place of your tent, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left. He has bigger things to do in you than you could ever imagine. Never, 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 never give up on your dream. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care. We've got example after example after example of people who went through things way worse than you probably have gone through. You know, maybe not, but probably. You know, God's saying, keep at it. He's he's saying, do not fear. You will not be ashamed. Amen? God's faithful. So don't give up on your dream, but remember, remember, you know, You might have some learning. There might be some stuff between point A and point B, some growth, you know, some growth areas. 
I guarantee there will be. Um, And remember, if it's a dream in your heart that excludes God or hurts your family or hurts other people, then you just have to humble yourself and say, okay, that was not from my heart. (laughs) That was my mind and my flesh. You know, a God dream won't do that. It will not. Remember, pastors told you many times how God told him, God had put in his heart about ministry and about even going to Ramah, to Bible school. And he did not just walk up to Pastor Angela and say, pack up your bags, we're leaving. He did not do it that way. He presented it and he was ready to wait until she was ready. He let her and God deal with her about getting on board. He let God take care of it. So there might be obstacles along the way. You know, it, he, he would have been violating the law of love if he's like, well, I can tell she doesn't want to go, which she was having reservations at the time. And he's just like, bye. Packs his bags and leaves. Violates the law of love. You know, he did not do that. It's super, super, super important to remember. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.